Welcome to the POD cast. We are back. We are ready to go. We have a big show ahead of us. I'm very, very excited about it. But before we get to what we're even going to be talking about, let me introduce myself. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor here at Pride of Detroit and the interim coach of this POD cast with me. As always, my co-host, Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy. That's at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, nice shimmy shake. How's it going, bud? Well, thank you for the compliment on the shimmy shake. I know that the I know that the listeners can't can't visualize the shimmy shake through an auditory capacity, but I always I like to tease it out there to to try to lure them into the Twitch stream. It's called synergy, folks. <laughs> uh, yes, and I'm in a good mood because uh, my favorite segment of the POD cast is back. List cast is back. We are talking top 10 quarterbacks of the 2020 season. We got a full list for you. But before we get into it, we have to introduce our very special guest. One of the original list casters of the POD cast, the former adequate host of this podcast, maybe return adequate host someday. We never know. Chris Perfett joins us. Chris. One of, I'm the one who came up with this damn thing to begin with. <laughs> well, you, you know, well, history I, books will, will tell I, different stories. History books will tell different. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to let you write those history books. I'm going to go over there and beat, beat you down and make sure I get those history books. <laughs> this is list cast. This is list cast season. You thought you'd keep me away. I have like, what was it after the, the draft? I have like 33 tokens to burn. I'm burning a few right now. Absolutely. And Let's so... Go. I think it's time to kick on. I, we we need to dust off the list cast theme. Oh God, I don't even yes. know where I put it. Oh well, hopefully you find it by the time <laughs> this goes up because I'm about to put a little <laughs> space here where the new list cast or not new list cast the old list cast theme. Unless you want to come up with one really quick, Ryan, do do an impromptu list cast theme. Ready, go. It's the list cast, and we're about to do it. <laughs> All right, but that's it. Can I try it? <laughs> all right well, let me try let me try let me try let oh, me try. okay yeah let me let me give you a clean break here here's a new list cast team ready list cast motherfucking list cast, <laughs> list cast. everybody who is driving in their car listening to the podcast just swerved off the road <laughs> let's open this motherfucking pit list cast <laughs> Well, is that the intro right. to Mr. Pickles or what? Oh God, <laughs> Mr. Pickles list cast. Let's let's not get into that. Top ten know. Mr. Pickles episodes. This this list cast is actually sponsored by Hunter Henry. <laughs> <laughs> deep cut, deep cut. Wow, way well, to put all our sins back on the table, Ryan. <laughs> Just, you know, oh, I come back as a celebration. <laughs> Correct. My, my, my the one time I messed up. Collectively, all of our sins. <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's, um, it's unlike the gulag, Jeremy. <laughs> exactly, because I've never lost a gulag. Anyways, if you're new to ListCast, the reason we're so excited is because we're about to debate the top ten quarterbacks of the 2020 season. Um, let me let me tell you how we're doing it. Um, so we created a a, uh, a master list from the Pride of Detroit staff. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of our staff vote on the top 10 quarterbacks. We averaged them out. We're going to count them down from 10 to one. And this is based on these quarterbacks in a vacuum this year alone. So if you were drafting a team right now, 
It's which quarterback would you take for one season? Not talking about how they're going to perform this year. Not talking about their resume. We're talking about in 2020, taking any quarterback at their current level of play. How would you rank them? Clear? I guess. I was going to say, I was going to say, there's a lot going on in the world right now. That sounds, that sounds about right. It's been a while since I do this. Because last time I tried to explain something, it was NFL squares and I went about three minutes too long. No. No, it is one to 10. It is not hard to mess up, but somehow this, you know, you doing the arcane side, the science you, you, you talk about, you talk about squares. Like it's a Kabbalah. I'm sorry. To me, maybe it is. Yeah. All right. Before we get into our top 10, we have a couple of honorable mentions. Interestingly enough, only 13 quarterbacks received votes from us. So there were only three quarterbacks that received votes that did not crack the top 10. Chris voted for one that didn't make it. And Ryan and I what? shared one that, that didn't make it. So let's talk about it. Chris, you voted Kyler Murray, Murray as your 10th best quarterback. He placed 12th in our standings. Yeah. Um, tell me why you picked Carson uh, Kyler Murray and, and why, why you're enraged that he didn't make the list. Cause I'm not enraged. I, yes, I'm enraged. That's exactly what it is. Listen, here's, here's the thing with Kyler Murray. We didn't, we all agree at the start of 2019, when he got that job in Arizona, that he was coming in behind the worst offensive line in the league. The, The answer to that is yes, he was, he got the worst offensive line in the league. He was a rookie. He was thrown into the fire. I think that's room for growth. The quarterback depth at the NFL is not deep at all. And to be honest, I like his upward mobility and some, and maybe if the Cardinals improve their offensive line, he'll look even better. But this is about talent individually on the list cast for the quarterbacks. You have to separate them from their receivers. You have to separate them from their offensive line. Kyler Murray did not just chuckle leap his way into the Arizona Cardinals. He's a good quarterback. And I guarantee, I guarantee that he will do better this next upcoming season. You know, we're starting to see more systems in the NFL that fit more for what Kyler Murray is doing. I think Cliff Kingsbury knows how to implement that in Arizona and his stats. I mean, he, even in his, even his rookie year, he put up like what? 3,700 yards. Like he's, he's good. And again, behind a line where he got sacked 48 times. He's going to do fine. He's going to do fine. We see these kind of growths in quarterbacks. And to be honest, as I was looking down the rest of the list on other people who just made it, like, can I tell you who the the 13 and 11 are on this? Well, don't say 11 because that's what Ryan and I are going to talk about. Okay. Well, I'll just say this. Kyler Murray placed ahead of Carson Wentz, and that's absolutely the right way. I'm sorry, all the Wentz hive out there. Kyler Murray has more upside than Carson Wentz. And that's just the truth. Upside, though. But we're talking his second year versus Carson Wentz. I know, but this is projection. or whatever. Yeah, I know. We know who Carson Wentz is. We know who Carson Wentz is. We do not know who Kyler Murray is. Right. I do, though. I have the crystal ball in front of me. I'm telling you who Kyler Murray is going to be. All right. He he did finish the season strong, and I do think he will be a top 10 quarterback. I just don't think he's there yet. And so he doesn't deserve. I, but again, list. like that, that's kind of the fun of list cast is that we're not basing on what 2019 is. It's what we think they're going to do in 2020. Yeah, fair. Uh, the number 11 quarterback, both Ryan and I voted for him, but it looks like three of the eight left him off the list entirely. I had him as my number seven. 
Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins just misses the top 10. Ryan, why did everyone else get this one wrong? All right. I think everybody else got this wrong just because the Kirk Cousins slander and disrespect is pretty thick. I mean, we're talking about this is a guy that we all see twice a year playing the Detroit Lions. And I think that Kirk Cousins get he gets this bad rep just because he is like the football equivalent of mayonnaise. Right. Like (laughs) he's just he's just like he's he's a condiment that. It can enhance a sandwich in a way that you don't understand until you don't have the mayonnaise anymore. And I don't just say that just because he's like as white as milk toast. But anyways, (laughs) the reason that Kirk Cousins is good and he's proved it and he belongs in this list of the top 10 is he's put up the numbers and he hasn't done it in just one spot. He's done it in two places. He's proved that he is an uber accurate quarterback. Does he have the arm strengths of some of the other guys we'll have on this list? Absolutely not. Does he have some of the other intangibles like, I don't know, mobility with his legs, ability to keep plays um, or extend plays? Maybe not. But what he has proven in both Washington and now in Minnesota is that he has the accuracy to be an NFL level quarterback. And he has the kind of elite accuracy that puts him in like maybe like the top five. As far as that goes, what do you think? I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Just look at the stats from last year. And I know one year, you know, sample size isn't fair, but he's been doing it for a long time. We're talking about Kirk Cousins, the sixth rated PFF quarterback of last year, fourth in pass rating, and then 13th in QBR. That, that to me is top 10 quarterback. To me, I, I think people just can't get over the wins. You know, the big moments. He, he sucks on Monday Night Football. He can't win a playoff game, except he did finally get over that last, last year. Beat I a mean, pretty good team at that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think as, as Detroit Lions fans, as Matthew Stafford fans, we should be able to understand that's not how you should talk about a quarterback. That's not how you should evaluate a quarterback. Kirk Cousins is the top 10 quarterback in the league right now. And, and I think he will be again this year. Yeah. He's also mayonnaise. He, yeah. Mayonnaise <laughs> is bad though. Uh, all right, let's crack into the top 10. We're already 10 minutes deep into the, uh, into the first segment here. So we got to crack off these. Do I bottom. have to run the timer for you? No, I'm, I got it. I okay. Can, I got it, bro. Okay. All He's right. That adequate number 10 might come as a bit of a shocker because this is a man who has been, in the How top two, so many lists still. I just want to know that because he's still a very good quarterback. Tom freaking Brady comes in at oh. 10th. Now, let me break down some of the lists here because he, he the, the range actually isn't that big. He, he was not in everyone's list, first of all. He was only in four of the eight, and uh, the highest anyone had him was seventh. Guys, mm. is Tom Brady washed? Yes. No, I'm not just saying this, we do this all the time. We do this all the time. Tom Brady is not washed until he decides he's washed until he decides that tomatoes are something that he can put back into his diet because they aren't an anti-inflammatory. Tom <laughs> Brady is not washed. Listen, I don't get to decide whether or not my hair is thinning or not. Okay. Tom Brady doesn't get to decide when father time comes for him. You know, the, gr- the greatest sign is when someone is starting, someone who at one point in their life lived in Michigan is starting to hit that age where they're not coming back. They moved to Florida. 
That's the ultimate <laughs> sign. Tom Brady is washed. Tom Brady has left the comfort of his nest. I'm not saying it's all on Bill Belichick. And listen, Tom Brady last year got the Patriots to 13 wins, throwing to bloody nobody. Okay? That's impressive. I just don't think he can do it down in Tampa Bay. Like, I know he'll have more weapons. I know he's a little more comfortable. But at the same time, I... I think the age is finally going to catch up to him. He's already showing interest beyond just being on the football field. And he just, again, not to go too much in the tangibles, he's got nothing to prove down in Tampa Bay. Everyone's going down there and saying, you got to prove that you can win more stuff. I don't think he needs to prove anything at this point in his career. You think he has to prove something, Ryan? You, you, oh. you think he has to prove, well, let me guess, without Belichick? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's point number one in no, cases that it, he needs to leave the nest, as you said. And hey, where do old people thrive? People, people, old people thrive in Florida. They're shuffleboard. Oh, people thri- thrive in South Florida. If you're going up to Tampa Bay, you're going up there for a steroid regimen. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? This is the, as I'm hearing you describe why Tom Brady will not succeed. I'm thinking of all the reasons he's going to succeed in Tampa Bay because he has a top five wide receiver in Chris Godwin. He has okay, a guy. That's not a I know, but what I'm saying is, is that he's done this for so many years without any talent. What do you think he's going to do now that he has a bunch of talent in Tampa Bay? I, I don't think it's going to be like, I just think that at some point it's going to be like, all right, I'm kind of tired. Like, And I think we'll see it when Tom Brady gets out there and starts taking sacks. And he's like, oh, man, he only he's only taken like he only took what, 27 sacks last year. That was actually up. I know he's but he's he's usually been fairly decently protected. I don't know if he'll be as protected in Tampa Bay. They've got a decent enough offensive line. Sure. But I just think at this point in career, you've made a new start for yourself. You've decided that. This is where you're going to go. This is where you're going to play the twilight of the career. But when you hit that twilight of your career and the hard stuff happens, you start rethinking it. And maybe retirement still feels pretty good, especially when you are. I'm sorry. How old is Tom Brady now, Ryan? Old enough to still get it done. I want to pass it off to Jeremy. But the last thing I have to say about Tom Brady is that the one thing you cannot take away from that guy is he's just an Uber competitor. And that's the reason why ESPN is deciding to do a docu-series on another oh guy God. who's an oh Uber God. competitor. But uh, what I'm saying is you cannot take away the fact, I don't think yeah. Tom Brady is just going to go to Tampa Bay and roll over. And well, here's the thing about Tom Brady. The, the best parts of his game have never been the physical thing. He doesn't have a huge arm. His accuracy can kind of come and go. The, the one thing, I mean, the thing about him is his mental capacity. Like he's perfect in the pocket. He knows when to get rid of the ball. He knows where to look to, to, you know, find the open receiver and he's getting put with a pretty smart offensive coach. So I have no reason to believe that Tom Brady is going to struggle. He had his worst career last year. He wasn't a top 10 quarterback last year, but he also had no weapons. He also had no offensive line. He also barely had a run game. They won 13 games, but kind of in spite of Tom Brady, that defense was amazing. That defense carried the team. Tom Brady didn't win 13 games. The defense did, and it caught up with them when they when they got to the playoffs. I think he's going to be a little regenerated this year. That being said, you know, he's he's stumbling into the wrong houses down in Florida. Maybe age is setting in a little bit. <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm hearing is basically hope and prayers. Listen, I know I bring up his name all the time. I will not mention his name. The Lord of Baltimore, my my dark master, who is the master of hating on Tom Brady. I'm not going to be as out there as him, but I will say this. 
every upside we seem to be going for for Tom Brady seems to be based on hopes and prayers. I'm not there. Based on hopes and prayers and hopes and prayers of a steroid regimen and not getting caught for that steroid regimen. Thank you, Jeremy. 19 (laughs) years of doing this shit. (laughs) Let's get on to number nine. Let's get to number nine. Our number nine is a guy who, who probably not a big fan of Tom Brady because he went up against him in the Super Bowl and blew a 28-3 lead. That's Matt Ryan coming in at number nine. He was uh, on all but two lists as high as six. Um, But like I said, two people did not make, he did not make two people's list. Um, Let's go to you, Ryan. Why why is Matt Ryan a a top 10 quarterback? Is he a top 10 quarterback? Because it looks like you did not have him on your list. No, I did not put Matt Ryan on my list because he's miracle whip to Kirk Cousins Hellman's manic. <laughs> he's the fake fraudulent stuff. I don't believe in Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had one really good year, and I, I'll give him that. He had one in, one incredible year, right? I mean, that Atlanta mm-hmm. Falcons offense when they blew that 28 to 3 lead against the Patriots, they were the greatest thing since the greatest show on turf. Since then, Matt Ryan's been pedestrian and Let's not forget that Matt Ryan has had Julio Jones his entire career. Okay. We haven't seen Matt Ryan when he doesn't have the good stuff around him. So let's see this season when Matt Ryan doesn't have the juice around him, how how good he is. That's a fair point. But to me, like there's something to, I think he's been incredibly consistent his entire career outside of that one amazing air consistently average, right? No, not average. I mean, we're talking passer ratings in the mid to high nineties. Pretty much his entire career. This guy's consistently puts up over 4,000 yards a season when he plays all 16 games. And like, I get it. The, The Falcons were really bad last year. And I think, I think there's some of the, there's a lot to be blamed as far as the attitude of the Falcons last year on their sad, pathetic state. Again, I have him on my list just because I don't think highly of a lot of quarterbacks in this league. I look at the top 10 and I'm like, there's a lot of like interchangeable guys at the top of my, at the bottom of my top 10 and kind of outside of it. But then, you know, the guys at the top are the real stuff. Matt, Matt Ryan is in that second tier of quarterback. Let's not get that wrong, but that second tier has become increasingly more important as that first tier has become vanishingly small and populated by a lot of younger guys. Matt Ryan is 35. Matt Ryan, however, as I said, consistently puts up over 4,000 yards every year. Matt Ryan consistently is, is, you know, giving you close to 70% completion. Matt Ryan is consistently throwing good tight spirals where he can. I like Matt Ryan. I just don't like, again, bottom of the second tier for me. I, I, mean, I, I, think I feel he's, like he's, he's consistency in the NFC South, but he's also, I would say probably the second best quarterback in that NFC South. I think that's probably fair. I, I think more so than maybe any other quarterback in the NFL However goes the Falcons, so goes the perception of Matt Ryan. The Falcons are winning and, and putting up 40, 50 points a game, which I don't think has ever happened. But, uh, you know, everyone thinks Matt Ryan's amazing. But, you know, the last two years, 7-9, seven, 7-9. Nine, seven, and nine, that, so, so people are starting to forget, like, that he's still a really accurate, a really lethal quarterback at times. And, and yes, he's kind of near the twilight career and, and, I think this might be the last year I put him on my top 10 list. I had him at 10. So it's not someone that uh, I really 
have a, a, a ton of faith They're in in terms of, of making this list, but um, I, I think he still deserves to be in this conversation. Our, our buddy uh, Reno in the chat says Kyler Murray greater than Matt Ryan. Let, let's just go ahead and put Reno on blast. Reno had Kyler Murray six on his list one year in the NFL and he's already number six. See, I won't even go that far. We'll see. <laughs> All, All right. right. Can, we, can we talk about number eight though? Let's like go to I, number I, eight. Yes. It's like I had him on my list too. And even though I put him on my list, this is what makes me feel bad about this quarterback class this year is like looking at this guy on my list and that he is still top 10, no matter how hard I tried to finagle him out of it. I just couldn't keep him off because I just, I, I, I don't get it. It's number eight is Dak Prescott. Yes. Dak Prescott actually made every single one of our lists. He's the lowest guy on this uh, chart that, that made everyone's list. He was high as five, his lowest 10. Uh, all right, get into it, Chris. You had him at number nine. He's at number eight. So you can't be too mad about that. But well, what, what's, your, what's your spiel on Dak? So I just remember sending you the week before you started taking the poll for ListCast. I sent you a Dallas Morning News top mm-hmm. 15 quarterbacks in the NFL, which did not include Matthew Stafford in their top 15 and somehow had Home Dak cooking. in their top 10. Home and then what else cooking. was the weird stuff about, about that too? Like who did they have Dak above in there? Like it was a weird column. It was a weird ranking. Like it was a very bad ranking. Not the least of which is again, I'm cooking here, playing to the crowd, you guys. Matt Stafford wasn't in their top 15. Bleep that. But Dak, like, this is weird, right? Because we're still, people have been, all of sports media has been arguing nonstop for months now about whether or not Dak deserves this contract that he's going to get, I, I think he's going to get with the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys would be idiots not to sign him. It's just a matter of what they can do as far as price. I mean, Dak, had his best career last year, just by straight statistics. He had his best career. I mean, his best year last year, Jeremy, I know you're nodding your head. He had 30 touchdowns. He had almost 5,000 yards. That is better than that is better as far as production than his previous three years. Like you can't argue with that at all. Like maybe you can talk about his QBR. I don't like QBR. I am agnostic to QBR. Go bleep yourself. QBR. I think, though, that Dak, can we say he's improving? I I don't know if he's improving. I just think he's going to be what he's always going to be. He's going to be the recipient of a good offensive line in in Dallas. He's going to be the recipient of some decent but not great wide receivers. And that's just going to be enough. It's going to be enough, and we're going to keep talking about him until either A, he ascends, or B, he flames out like Tony Romo. I think the, my my thing with Dak Prescott is I feel like he hasn't been as good as his rookie season since his rookie season. And that's why there's all this debate about whether he's worth. He's still been a very, very good quarterback. And I think he's absolutely a top 10 quarterback. But you look at that rookie season. He, he it's his highest completion percentage, his lowest interception percentage. He, he threw 23 touchdowns and four interceptions that year. He threw 11 interceptions last year. Matt Ryan threw 14. We're not talking about Matt Ryan. Oh, okay. Ryan, uh, his highest passer rating, his highest QBR, all his rookie season. And it hasn't been like a steep decline since he almost had a hundred passer rating last year. I think he's still a really good quarterback, but that's why all this like debate is going on outside of Dallas, whether he's worth it. Listen, he's going to get a big contract this off season. He's going to be worth it. Um, there are going to be people that are like, Oh, he's not worth the, the highest contract ever. This is how it's quarter. Like we've all been through this now. We should all know. 
a top 10 quarterback that's getting a new contract is going to be the highest paid quarterback in the league yeah, for just, some time until, I just wanna, you know, Patrick I, Mahomes gets paid. I just want to interject. Like people always keep talking about, is he worth it? No one's worth nothing except for what you can bargain for. I thought we knew this by now about sports. It's about what you can command and what you can bargain for. It's not about there. There's no deserve. Got nothing to do with it. When it comes to money in the NFL, get what you can get. That is the only philosophy. I get tired hearing does Dak deserve the money? Cause it's a useless question. It, the question is, can Dak get the money? Mm. Ryan, couple, what do you got on Dak? Couple statistics on Dak Prescott, right? So, um, ranked fifth in yards per attempt. The only guys who ranked above him were Tannehill, Stafford, Garoppolo, and Mahomes, and led the league in dropped passes. 43 drop passes. So, I mean, this is a guy who had a completion percentage of 65%. And are, he you had, doing the, are you doing the Nick Foles defense? No, I'm not doing the Nick Foles defense. I'm doing the, the Nick Foles defense from the Nick Foles first year, the drop passes. Well, I'm doing the defense that Dak Prescott has done this for way longer than Nick Foles, and Nick Foles is trash. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. You know what? I think we're going to take a break there. We, we got our eight Dak Prescott, our nine Matt Ryan, our 10 Tom Brady. When we come back, we're going to go from seven to one of the top 10 quarterbacks of the 2020 season, the upcoming 2020 season. You're not going to want to miss it because there's some fun things left to talk about. Oh, boy, there are. Stick around. We'll be right back on the POD cast. Let's cast time. And we are back with the list cast top 10 quarterbacks of 2020. When we last left you, we had eight through 10. Now it's time for number seven. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. First, we talked about Tom Brady and his fall from the top three down to 10. This next guy also probably top three for the past five, six years. Now down to number seven. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Shockingly, not on Hamza's and Mansoor's list. That's a crime. I, I love Mansoor, but that's a crime. I'm sorry. That is pretty crazy. But everyone, everyone else's list as high as three, as low as I want to say seven, eight. No, I. I had, oh, I had him nine. Ooh, I had yeah, him nine. I'm I sorry. Him like I, I have. Where did I have Rogers on mine? I think I had him. No, I had him six actually. So it wasn't as high as I thought, but still like, I'm kind of shocked Rogers had fallen this far. Maybe wins 13 games last year. He still has decent enough stats. He's not really throwing to like, he's not like, again, kind of with my point where Kyler Murray, like what does he have around him? I think we're over. I think everyone has this. This feels like home cooking. The fact that we are a lion's blog talk about Aaron Rodgers and having some dream here that maybe because they went on, got Jordan love, and because it's a new a new coach that soon enough, it's all just going to fall apart and that Aaron Rodgers being cynical and pessimistic is going to finally work against him. I don't know. I'm I'm worried that. Uh, I think he'll still be all right, man. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be fine. I'm I'm definitely Not on much the record, longer, but yeah, 
I'm on the record as saying I'm scared of Aaron Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder. And I think that's, that's what we're going to get this year, but it's hard to deny how much he's fallen in the past couple of years. Last year, how little he still has around him. That's only part of the equation though. He's missing guys that he normally doesn't miss. He's, Mm -hmm. he's, I don't know if it's, if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a motivation thing. I don't know what it is, but, but he has not looked like the same lethal guy. Yes. There are still like those crazy throws where you're like, he's the only guy in the league that can make him. He can still do that. And that's why he's still a top 10 quarterback to me, but it's so few and far between at this point. It, it's hard to recognize the same guy. His yes. He was seventh in PFF great. last year, but he's 20th in QBR and 12th in passer rating. He is slipping at, at a, and, and let's be honest, like, Yes, he's had some good wide receivers in his day, but he's also managed to make really bad receivers look good. He isn't able to do that anymore. Yeah, and I think his ground game is still there. It's definitely a little diminished, but he has that available to him. He is still a very elusive quarterback at the end of the day. The big, for me, the big wild card for Aaron Rodgers is just going to be how much is is LaFleur, cramming up your cram hole LaFleur, going to be able to work with him? Or are we once again going to have this Mike McCarthy thing where Aaron Rodgers just goes out and freelances? How, how much discord or unity will there be between coach and quarterback. <clears throat> For me, the reason why I have Aaron Rodgers higher on my list than most people, and I think that there's a lot of disrespect, and specifically in the way that our staff voted, I don't think there's a big difference between Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. I really don't. Wow. I don't. No, I, I, I can, I can reveal my, my individual rankings too. Like I had Rodgers right below Brees, so like I'm with you on that. Yeah, you had him six. Ryan, you had Aaron Rodgers fourth. I Because I still fear Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is still a dude. Like, he's not just another guy. I, last year, 26 touchdowns to four interceptions. He doesn't, he doesn't make a lot he's of still mistakes. Throw That's true. That has never gone. In terms of interceptions, it's phenomenal what he's done. Right. And I mean, in the NFL and in today's NFL, there's only one guy who threw away the ball more than... than Aaron Rodgers last season and it was Tom Brady. So he, he still makes really good decisions. I think that he's just forced to make more decisions than a lot of quarterbacks have to make. I think that he has to freelance a lot more and let's not, let's not discredit the fact that we talked about LaFleur last year was his first season in that system. So let's see how he does in a second year. And Jeremy, like you said, does anybody really want to play pissed off Aaron Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder thinking that they just drafted his replacement? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't do that. Fair enough. I, I think it's an interesting conversation to have. I do think right. he's getting a little more disrespected than he should be. If he's not on your top 10 list, you're, you're crazy. But there are also people swinging in the other direction, like Pete Prisco's list of top 100 players in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers was 10 on his list of top 10 players or top 100 players in the league. Players, not just quarterbacks. I think that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to our number. Yeah, we got to roll. Number six was not on everyone's list, including mine. What are you doing, Jeremy? Deshaun Watson comes in. What number six. He was as high as number four. I didn't have him on my list. Just not yet. Yeah, I'm the one who put him at number four. 
Deshaun Watson's the real deal. And his, if you don't believe that he is being sabotaged night and day by Bill O'Brien in Houston, <laughs> you're crazy. You don't have eyes to see one at, at these protests that are erupting all around the country. Someone still managed to bring out a fire Bill O'Brien thing. I don't know if that was a Photoshop or not. I'd like, let me believe that it's real. Let me believe that people came out to Houston to protest police brutality and also to ask, for Bill O'Brien to be fired. Let me believe that. Let me believe that to be true. Bill O'Brien is the greatest crime that Deshaun Watson will ever face while he is a Houston Texan. Like, I get it. He's got a good receiver. Some of the best quarterbacks out there have to. Deshaun Watson has all the talent of Lamar Jackson, maybe even of Patrick Mahomes, but he is being held back by probably the dumbest coach in the National Football League, by far the dumbest coach in the National Football League, who for some reason, they also gave him GM powers as well. Fire Bill O'Brien. Bob is an idiot. Deshaun Watson is very good. And he is just being held back. Like, I'm sorry. The scheme holds him back. The ta- like, just the play calling holds him back. Everything is holding back Deshaun Watson. He, he could be a, a, a gallop unleashed, except for Bob. All right. Let me, let me defend myself before Ryan goes in on me, because I know he will. Why Deshaun, Watson, <laughs> Deshaun Watson will be a top 10 quarterback for a long time. He absolutely will be. He might even be as soon as this year. But I think he's still just a little too young and, and makes a little too many mistakes. He's a turnover machine. We're, I mean, we're, if we're going to praise Aaron Rodgers for, for only throwing, you know, five or less interceptions a year, let's talk about Deshaun Watson because he just threw a career high last year. 12 interceptions. Matt Ryan threw 14. I'm not done because okay. turnovers are, are two things. <laughs> yeah. Up, up he fumbled, from, by the way, up 10 digit. times. 10 times he fumbled the ball last year. Lost five. Three That's a problem. the previous year. Nine, he fumbled the ball nine times the previous season, lost three. That's a huge problem. And listen, he has all the intangibles to be a good quarterback. And I think with good coaching, which maybe he doesn't have yet, fair, Chris, but he's not just going to come in and, and be, you know, suddenly a, a, a greater quarterback right now unless he gets that, that good coaching. And I think he's just a good coach away. We saw Stafford have issues with, with turnovers. Maybe not maybe more so on the interception uh, spectrum than, than fumbles, but Stafford got it fixed. And now he's a top 10 quarterback. Once Deshaun Watson gets that, he'll, he'll be there. And let's also be clear. Deshaun Watson was my number 11. I struggled to keep him off the list and I, I wasn't actively trying or anything, but to me, it's just, y- y- you need a little more time. I, I need a little more. I, I, I don't, the problem is the problem is get, it's getting worse. His turnovers have increased every year since his rookie year. That's not, that's not the kind of trajectory that I'm looking for, for a young quarterback. There's still plenty of time in this guy's career. And I think he'll turn it around, but he's just not there yet. Deshaun Watson sacked 44 times last season. And I know sacks can almost be a reflection upon the quarterback at some point, but Houston's offensive line is pretty bad. And let me tell you something about Deshaun Watson. He's the guy who shows up in crunch time. He made PFF's 2019 all clutch team. And let me give you his statistics in clutch in clutch scenarios. 66 for 88, a 75% completion percentage, eight touchdowns to just one interception. I think the guy shows up in big moments. And I think that he 
I mean, even take a look at the playoff game against the Bills. They fell behind early and they came back and they won. And then they went out to KC and they punched KC in the mouth. And then Patrick Mahomes woke up and he showed the monster that he is. All right. It wasn't clutch in that game. I think that Patrick Mahomes was just more clutch. And that's why he's (laughs) high on our list. More (laughs) clutch. All right, fair. Listen, I, I have to double down again because you guys are all admitting that Bill O'Brien's a bad coach. I think it's worse than that. I think Deshaun Watson is a pristine round peg being jammed into a grimy crap covered square hole. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how he fares without any DeAndre Hopkins. That's the big. That's the yeah. big question. That is a big question. Well, he is going to have Brandon Cooks though. Yes. All right. Let's move. Let's move on. Let's. Uh, yep. Number five, you guys might have heard of this no, guy. No, His name's oh, yeah, Matthew. Five, yeah. this is I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. Chris. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. That's I have to do. <laughs> Number adequacy. five is Matthew Stafford. Everybody, he finally yeah, corrected the top five. I think this is probably his first time in our list cast top five, if I'm not mistaken. Someone can fact check me on that. I don't know, but uh, uh, he he was as high as four on the person's list, as low as seven. So I feel like people at Pride Detroit are pretty comfortable with with where they're they're ranking Matthew Stafford and rank him either in the top five or just outside the top five. Is that is that fair to you guys? Yeah, I know myself and Jerry Mallory both had him at seven. I think we're the two like low ends in yep. the spectrum. So Ryan I had think him five, I had him six. I think that's about right. Like I'm a little worried with with you know coming back from the injury and everything. I'm kind of worried about how much I don't like what's been going on with the offense for the Lions. But I mean, there's no denying what talent Stafford has at this point. I don't know how many more years we can keep saying this about him, but I think right now going into the season, like five to seven, that's a perfect enough range for him. Like he's in that, he's in that conversation along with some of the young guys who are coming up or have been doing it a long time. He's in a perfect spot for a lot of this. Just what's going to hamper him at the end of the day is always the fact that he's wearing blue and silver. That's it. I'm sorry. Like I, I hate to do the Detroit versus everybody thing. I hate it so much, but every time I talk to people, they at, like every time I'm on the radio, people ask me about Stafford and I realize very quickly, no one just they're asking about Stafford because no one's watching Stafford play. They're just not. They haven't seen the progression he's made. They haven't gotten out of this idea that he pads his stats late in the game. They are just they they they've tuned out. And to be honest, I can't blame them for not tuning in for Lions games. They're kind of bad to watch, but Stafford's talent is real. Ryan, I'll let you take it. Say something good about Stafford. Ready to go. All right. Matthew Stafford played eight games last season, but of any quarterback who had the minimum dropbacks of 20% of 705 dropbacks, which kind of just puts him like, if you played at least half a season, then you met that mark second in yards per attempt, 19 touchdowns to five interceptions. I think Matthew Stafford is still a guy who has the mobility and has the has all of the tools to be a top quarterback. And that's why he was so high on my list. And that's why he's done more with less. Like he's, he made, he helps make Kenny Galladay who he is. He helps turn Marvin Jones into, you know, a nice player at Cincinnati into, you know, one of the top touchdown receivers in the entire NFL. There's a reason why golden Tate maybe hasn't been as prolific as he was while in Detroit in his short stint in Philly. And now, you know, in his short season with the New York giants, 
Matthew Stafford makes players. And I think the narrative for so long in Stafford's career was, well, he has the greatest athlete of all time, Calvin Johnson, and he can just throw the ball up and he'll go get it. Well, guess what? Without Calvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford has proved that he is one of the top elite top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that's a point that's not really emphasized enough is that Matthew Stafford makes his supporting cast better. He does. He makes his wide receivers better. And it's something that people always say, like, if you're a really good quarterback, you can, you can make your, your group look better. You don't need elite wide receivers because you, you make them better. And that's, I mean, would Marvin Jones be considered a number one wide receiver anywhere else? I'm not sure. Would you, like we said with Golden Tate, crazy years here in, in Detroit. Far, far better than any season he had in Seattle or New York. Maybe some of that is scheme, but a lot of that is Matthew freaking Stafford as well. And so I, th- I think that's something that people really need to, to understand is that yes, he had Calvin Johnson for as long as he did, but he's putting up better numbers now. And last year was statistically the best season he's ever had. If you're talking about averages and that has me very, very excited for 2020. Yeah, like I, I, I think at the end of the day, when we see Stafford's career, it's going to go down as a Philip Rivers. But, you know, we'll, we'll be struggling to try to figure out like he was great. But at the same time, like we're just struggling to untangle that from the teams sometimes. All right. Number four. We head down south to New Orleans. Drew Brees is our number four. He was as high as three on list, as low as nine. Someone okay, I'm looking, I, I was about to say, I'm looking at the majority of votes we have are in the six, seven, eight range and a Top single five. vote. No, 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 two. no. Nope. That's those are points. Those are not oh, those where are they points. were. My bad. My bad. So two is, is a ninth place. So Ryan is the sole person that had him outside of, let's say the top six. You had him at nine. Explain yourself. Drew Brees is a really good quarterback. I just don't think that he's as good. And let, let me, let me preface all this by saying that I think quarterback play is kind of at a lull right now. I don't think that there are a lot of really good quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think Drew Brees is going to hit that wall faster than Tom Brady will. And that's why I had Brady ranks where I had Brady ranks. And that's why I had Brees ranked where Brees is ranked because you look at Michael Thomas and all these receptions that he's getting, look at his depth of target. Okay. Look at some of the numbers, you know, the, the completion percentage that drew Brees will tout, and he had the best completion percentage of any quarterback at 74.3. He only, he, he played for that half season because he had, um, <clears throat> sorry, he played a little bit more than half a season because Teddy Bridgewater came in and did his job better than drew Brees could have done his job. Oh, shut that's, up. But that's besides the shut fact, up. Okay? Drew Brees will be the third best quarterback in the NFC North this year because oh he'll have God. Matt Ryan and Teddy Bridgewater ahead of him. But I'm just saying that there is nobody who is better protected and there's nobody who is better schemed than drew Brees. only 12 sacks in 11 games. Drew Brees is he gets the ball out immediately. There's there's almost and no still, time for him to think. Still almost averages eight yards to attempt. Seven point nine last year. Seven point nine is like okay. Like it's it's good. Like it's top ten. That's why I have him at nine, but like he's not elite. Like why did he doesn't belong at number he doesn't believe he does not even belong close to the tier of guys that we're talking about at three, two, and one. 
you're hundred percent wrong. You're hundred percent second wrong. in PFF grade, third in QBR, no. second in passer rating. Ugh. He has completely mastered his scheme. He is one of the smartest quarterbacks of all time, and he is the most accurate quarterback of all time. And he still is at his age. I don't care where he's throwing it on the field. It still needs to be in the right spot, and he's putting it in the right spot. That's not as easy as it sounds. Got beat by Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so so you're you're in the QB wins family now, Q- too, huh? QB wins, baby. QB wins, as long as it inflates my argument. <laughs> Can I, I I just want to move on to our top three because there's, there's a guy, I mean, there's a guy here. I, I know I had him high and this is part of my rethinking my list already as soon as I see it. So yeah, our top three features, three guys that pretty much separated themselves from the rest of the pack. None of these guys received a vote lower than fourth. And we start with Lamar Jackson from Baltimore. He comes in at third on our list. Chris. Do you want to talk about Lamar Jackson? I, I'm just trying to figure out how much is right about Lamar Jackson. I'm trying to figure out how much. Everything. Well, <laughs> on a spiritual level, yes. <laughs> on a metaphysical level, yes. I'm projecting him for the 2020 season. I don't know. I don't know how sustainable some of this stuff is. I just. He, it feels like one of those seasons where we all got insanely excited. We slapped him on the cover of Madden. He was How not that good as rookie year. He took a huge no, jump. He, okay. He was okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 I mean, I can't bang him for his rookie season. Why? Because I'm doing this with Kyler Murray. I'm saying Kyler Murray's going to jump up their rookie season. Rookie seasons for quarterbacks are a fugazi. You should not trust any rookie season where a quarterback is thrown into that fire like the only reason we don't think about Patrick Mahomes rookie season, he didn't have to get thrown into the fire. Rookie seasons for quarterbacks are fugazes. They're fug- they're, they're fake. You don't think about them. I'm my worry with Lamar Jackson is how much are we going to see where he's just not going to have to rely on his athletic gifts. He has great athletic gifts. You know, I know John John Harbaugh is talking about, you know, his next step is improving his deep ball. I don't know if he can get that deep ball. I don't. And that's that, that might limit him. They might, that might be part of the schemes that they're trying to force, force him through to try to get those deep passes. When it's him trying to take the run. That's great. That's fantastic. Guys. Kind, defenses kind of adapt that faster than for any other quarterback out there. Lamar has to evolve his game. He, he, he got a lot in this in 2019 out of just his surprise. And Again, I'm trying not to take too much for him. I, I again, this is where I regret it a little bit because I, spoiler, I have Lamar Jackson number two. <laughs> like, so I don't know why I'm taking a bat to Lamar Jackson right now. All I will say is I have questions and I just, I think they get answered this year, but I just, I look at Lamar Jackson and I don't have those answers sitting right in front of me. We can break down his play a lot. And we can talk about him being the metaphysical truth. But I think some of that, though, Ryan, we were kind of as we were cheerleading for Lamar Jackson, we were kind of overcompensating because some of the worst people in sports media were trying to take a bat to Lamar Jackson for all the wrong reasons and tell him to go play wide receiver. And I think maybe we're kind of overcompensating a little there. Maybe Lamar Jackson is probably the top of the second tier quarterback. Maybe he might be the bottom of the first tier. That distinction is pretty heavy. I don't know where he's going to be. 
Ryan, the floor is yours. Lamar Jackson ranked fourth in missed tackles forced per attempt. He was just behind Devin Singletary, Alvin Kamara, and Josh Jacobs. And he was ahead of Austin Eckler, who was one of the best running backs in the NFL. (laughs) Okay. Lamar Jackson is such a superhero. He is such a unique talent that will never be replicated. Like he is what Michael Vick could have been if Michael Vick was an accurate passer. Like Lamar Jackson had the, he had the fourth best passer rating from a clean pocket, 118.5. So it's not like the guy can't throw. And what Chris just said about Lamar Jackson, when you had all of these blowhards going on, National Sports Talk Radio talking about how Lamar Jackson needs to make the transition from being a quarterback to a wide receiver or a quarterback to a running back because he couldn't do it. But yes, those guys had no idea what they're talking about because Lamar Jackson went out and he did it and he proved it. And there's no reason to believe that he can't keep doing it. This isn't like this isn't Robert Griffin, the third. This is well, Lamar it, Jackson because you cannot just prescribe what happened to Michael, Michael Vick in the past or what happened to Robert Griffin in the past when it comes to these mobile quarterbacks who are so talented with their legs. You can't just say that that's going to happen to Lamar Jackson because it happened to those guys. I'm just going to say you brought up superhero. And as soon as you said that, my first place I went is Cam Newton, too. So. And Cam Newton did it for years and years and years. And by the way, I will thump for Cam Newton for as long as he can. After his, he did fall off after, off after his MVP year, though. So, no, well, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think he's an amazing talent. I think he's extremely fun to watch. I did have him fourth uh, behind Drew Brees on my list. Um, my, my only question is, is, is yeah, is, and I think it's a worthwhile question. We do see teams adjust and and you know, figure guys out sometimes. I don't think it's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, but I can't, I can't in good faith, put a guy third on my list based on one season. Yeah. Let, let me be clear too. He did completely. Cause I'm seeing some of the stuff in Twitch chat. He completely deserved the MVP last season. Yes. 100%. No I, I will not, I will not hear otherwise. Like you were just because teams don't have tape on you yet and they can't scheme and spy for you or they can't execute the spy on you. That doesn't take away from them teams unable to stop someone is not an excuse to keep an MVP away from someone. Just results matter, man. And Lamar got you results last year. All I'm saying is I think if Lamar Jackson wants this spot, he's going to have to develop more than his current game right now. And I think maybe he can do it. Maybe he can do it. I I'm kind of banking on that. He can do it. I just have questions. One, One more Lamar Jackson stat before we leave, just because I like celebrating greatness. Okay. He rushed for 1,206 yards. He ranked six overall in the league. He averaged the same per carry before being contacted by defenders as Alvin Kamara did total. Good offensive line. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Our number two, the, the only veteran left on the list, the only veteran that made the top three, Russell Wilson, almost exclusively voted second on our list. Only a couple people had him third, but everyone had him in the top three. Um, I don't know what else I Russell Wilson is for some reason. I still think he's underrated. Maybe it's because the Seahawks haven't been back to the Super Bowl in a couple of years, but to me, Russell Wilson feels underappreciated somehow. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. Um, he, 
he's mobile. He can get away from a lot of things. Yes, he runs himself into a lot of sacks, but then he converts third and 20s by throwing a perfectly laid bomb 40 yards down the field. I love watching Russell Wilson play, except when he's playing the Lions. Then I hate him so much because he's so frustrating about what he can do to a team. Um, and and man, if if there weren't if, if it wasn't for the number one guy in the league, Russell Wilson uh, would would probably be my number one. Yeah, I just I I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's because you know, Seattle the Seahawks feel like a Jenga stack that we, that we keep taking a block away from it and waiting for it to collapse. Maybe it's the fact that like his stats really aren't that gouty or eye popping when it comes to touchdowns or anything else. It's just that. When Russell Wilson is on, we see his like he is probably, I would say, the best strategic and tactical mind in the in among these quarterback class. Like he sees the field, reads the field and comes up with a plan on the fly better than anyone else. He he doesn't he might not produce as much, but he is just he's able to just look at look at a situation and just. Like, as you say, Jeremy, he's, he's freaking Houdini out there sometimes. Like, I'm just like, how did you do that? How did you get away from this? Like, there was no hope for success anywhere in this calculation. I feel like I'm quoting Durandal from Marathon 2, a video game no one else has ever played. And I'm just doing this reference for myself because I love Marathon. But I just, how? Victory was impossible and you were able to pull this off. Ryan? Go quickly on, on Russell Wilson because uh, we're, we're already well over and and we, okay. we let's, let's, let's put a lid on this guy. All right. Let's put a lid on the fact that Russell Wilson led the league in pro football focuses war stat wins above replacement at 4.08. The next closest person to him was number one on our list at 2.96. So Russell Wilson is so valuable to the Seahawks. Like Chris said, it seems like the Seahawks, I think it's a great analogy. There's this Jenga tower that we keep on removing <laughs> blocks from, but Russell Wilson is the middle piece that's sitting at the bottom. That's keeping everything intact. I like, he's, he's, last year. Together, man. he's a glue, he's he a glue is. guy. He is. QB wins. They won 11 games last year. He only threw five interceptions. Like let's not on, let's not undersell like how he's just <laughs> smart Russell Wilson is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Our number one. My baby boy. Every, every single the vote. King triumphant. The once and future king. We somehow, we somehow found unanimity. Is that, that's the word? I don't Amongst know. Amongst the pride of Detroit. Yeah. Really Patrick Mahomes comes in. And I, don't, I mean, do we even really need to talk about him? Like everyone agrees this guy is the, the best quarterback in the league. He's the most exciting Gen- player. No, we just have to genuflect before him, Jeremy. <laughs> like just just bow before greatness. I the only question is, can he keep doing it? And I think my answer is just bleep you, yes, he can. <laughs> Ryan, do I have a consensus there? Like Mahomes is here to stay. Mahomes is not going anywhere, baby. He has made his Mahomes at the top of this okay. list. I, like I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say I look at him and like maybe I'm not seeing Brady, but I'm at least seeing bleeping Joe Montana out there. I'm sorry, he's that good. Like I, I, we there, there are so rare times we see a quarterback in the NFL and we don't try to take a bat to them. Mahomes, like if you're ta- if you're trying to take a bat to Patrick Mahomes, I have problems with you. You can take a bat to Rodgers, you can take a bat to Jackson, to Brady, 
to Dak Prescott, to Matt Stafford, to Drew Brees. I don't care. Mahomes is untouchable, man. And I think that's, that's clear as someone who works in sports media, like the first per I will let you know when I find the person who's slandering Patrick Mahomes, because right now I don't see any, like it's quiet because no one can say anything about him. Like he's just that good. He's that solid. No one can say anything about him real quick because I want to talk about his playoff run. 64.3% completion percentage, 901 yards, 10 touchdowns to two interceptions. We haven't seen How numbers like that. How we many comes back to you? Enough, enough to win him a super freaking bowl, baby. <laughs> Like I, I, I can't remember how many games there was like three games where the, where they were down by double digits and Patrick Mahomes was the reason they came back from double digits every bleeping time you look at it and you think like in that Super Bowl, you look at it and those, the, the 49ers score late and they bring it within a one score game. You're like, all right, maybe they can get the score back. Oh my God. Patrick Mahomes just threw over all their heads and it landed in the receiver's arms. Abandon all your hope. Ye who enter here against the Mahomes. My my only criticism of Patrick Mahomes is I'm sick of the will he won't he with Miss Piggy. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I hate you so much. All right, that's the end of a loose cast. Really quick, from one to ten. Patrick way, Mahomes. Let me just, let me just get. Okay, we are okay. so over Chris. <laughs> really quick, one to ten. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, and Tom freaking Brady. That's Liz Cast next week, running backs. But we're not Patrick done yet. Go ahead. Yep. No, no. I just wanted to say, I, I know you said Miss Piggy, but Patrick Holmes is actually the illegitimate son of Ed Orgeron. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're not done with this podcast yet. We got mailbag coming up, so stick around. Mailbag time coming up next. Hashtag SPOD anytime you guys have questions about the Lions or anything that you want us to answer. But before we get into the mailbag, I have a little bit of a site announcement, a little bit of a podcast slash uh, uh, Twitch announcement next week at SBA Nation. Next week being Monday, the, the, the time you're probably hearing this podcast, if you're just listening it through your ears, um, is video game week at SB Nation. And as you may know, since we have a Twitch stream, we enjoy video games. So what we're going to do is Monday through Friday, um, maybe even Saturday, we'll see. We are going to be live streaming on our Twitch channel, a different game every day. So we'll, we'll do some Fortnite. We'll do some Call of Duty. Uh, Chris and I are going to play some Streets of Rage. Ryan is probably going to play some Streets of as Rage as well. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do some other fun stuff. We're, we're trying to figure out the whole schedule of that, but I'm thinking around 7, 8 p.m. Eastern. If you guys want to play with us, Head over to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Head over to our Discord. Um, we'll throw that in the Pride of Detroit podcast post link. We'll throw that in there. Um, we want this to be a fun thing where you can be involved. You can, If you just want to watch, you can watch. If you want to play, you can play. Um, it's going to be very interactive. Um, it's, it's something that should kind of ease our mind off of all the world's troubles and, and just have a little bit of fun. Um, 
whether and and we'll obviously be talking lines about the uh, during the whole time as well. So um, sounds like Reno's going to be there for maybe Streets of Rage as well. Um, he'll definitely be here for Call of Duty. We're going to get a bunch of our staff involved, including Chris, including Ryan. Um, Mansoor is probably going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you head to over to our Twitch channel twitch.tv slash pride of detroit set it up so that you get alerts every time we go live so you don't miss a broadcast and like i said if you want to play with us if you're a gamer come out we we want to we want to hear from you we want to we want to play with you guys what's that i said gamer hours gamer hours baby all right time to move over to the mailbag we got a big one this week Okay, oh, that's right. One. You have announced. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I no, no, no. It's fine. I'm, I'm your guest here. I, I don't want to step on any toes. Um, I do have a new project. I know we were talking about if I ever came back, I'd pimp any kind of new project I was working on. It, it's a very weird one that's happened this way. But I do have a Twitch channel now. Uh, for those who can't get enough of me on Twitter at CRISPRFed, but on Twitch there is now a channel Twitch.tv/slash Lucha Dungeon L U C H A Dungeon. And uh, myself, Mansoor Shaheen, and some people you might know from the Pride of Detroit fan community are playing Dungeons and Dragons uh, online. I'm stre- I'm testing a lot of different streaming things. I know it's it's been funny because I know Jeremy got into a and d campaign as well. We went super nerd on it. Why? Because I, I've been doing this stuff since high school. I enjoy it a lot. I thought I had given up on it completely. And I started to rethink things. And thanks to the urging of someone... Uh, I'm back doing Dungeons and Dragons. It sounds nerdy as hell, but it's also incredibly fun. So please check out Lucha Dungeon. Uh, once a week, we're doing the right now for right now. Once a week, we're doing it on Wednesday nights. I believe around 9 p.m. Eastern to about midnight. That's going to expand eventually. I'm kind of leaning into this, and we're having a lot of fun. And I want to see that chat grow. We had a lot of people actually tuning in for our first ever broadcast without a lot of prompting. So I was really touched by that. And we want to keep seeing it grow. We want to have fun with you guys. Come around, see the hijinks people get up to, jump in the chat. I will try to be as active as possible. I'll be wearing a lot of different hats. I'm doing storytelling that I've never, I haven't done in years. And it's, uh, yeah, if you can help us grow, man, like I, 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 I'd, I'd appreciate it. I really would. I'm going to try to, stream a little an extra each time each week so we can eventually get up to what was it jeremy partner or affiliate i always get the two mixed uh, up. affiliate first then affiliate affiliate i'll try to get affiliate so we can keep growing it but i mean there's a lot of people who do dungeons and dragons online there's a very famous critical role people uh i kind of go on more in the game design kind of realm but it's it's a weird it's a kind of a summation of me doing podcasts of me doing streaming of uh, the various different degrees I've picked up in my life. And it's it's important to me. And I hope you guys will be there and we'll have some fun. And hey, if you want to bring some Lions questions in, I will absolutely talk about football too. I don't care. I have no shame. That's Lucha Dungeon on Twitch. Check it out. Lucha. Now time, mailbag. Uh, before we actually get into any mailbag questions, I want to talk a little bit about the new rules in the NFL and more specifically, the rule that never was. The fourth and 15 proposal for the onside kick didn't end up happening. Um, they tabled it for what appears to be this year. Maybe it's something they revisit next year. Maybe it just dies and, and we never talk about it again. Um, Ryan, what's what's your reaction to that? Were you hoping the, the league would would go forward with it or are you just kind of like, eh, it was a, a kind of a, a weird idea that never came to be? I think it was an interesting idea that I would have liked to seen at least test it out in the preseason. Maybe this isn't the season to do that just because 
who knows what's going to happen to the preseason, who knows what's going to happen to the NFL season as a whole. But I would have liked to see them try this out. The, the thing that's a bummer about the NFL and Chris has talked about this before, but like there is no minor league, right? There is no, mm-hmm. there is no, like there is no ability to like test things out, like on that level and on that scale that you'd like to see them test it out. But I think it's a much more interesting idea than, than an onside kick. I think onside kicks are largely pretty boring. I mean, the thing about the onside kick is that the, the, the situation is more interesting than the actual play. Whereas like right. fourth and 15, that play can be analyzed over and over because of, you know, what, what routes were the wide receivers running? What did the quarterback end up doing? Like, it, it seems like that play lives up to the bill a little bit more than an onside kick where a specialist has such a, where a specialist that doesn't really have that big of a role in the game to begin with all of a sudden is elevated to like the most important play or the most pivotal right. play of the game. And that, that brings to the point that, I saw on Twitter and it's a perfect point that someone made because everyone says, I don't like this fourth and 15 thing. It's, it's, it's too gimmicky. It's, it's weird. It, it's not what football is like. No, the onside kick is the gimmick. The yes. onside kick where we're raising this weird kicker to kick it weird and make sure it bounces yeah, the right. No, fourth and like, 15 is football. That's yeah, what yeah. should be deciding games. The onside kick is not gimmicky. The onside kick where you try to lay a ball on its side or try to get it to get the right bounce or, you know, kickers stop wearing a shoe, used to stop wearing a shoe to try to to kick it right or whatever. That's not a gimmick. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I get it. Four from 15 from, what was it, your own 25? Yep. Like that, I, I get it. That, that sounds kind of like hokey at the start. But again, you, you examine the onside kick. My only question about the onside kick is, is how redeemable is it? Because like, this was the conversation we had about the kickoff, right? How redeemable is the kickoff? I found the XFL saved the kickoff. I thought, I thought the XFL saved the kickoff. I don't know when those rules get adopted. I don't know if the NFL just decides to do away with the kickoff altogether, which they seem to want to do at some point. But I feel like when it comes to the question, can you redeem the onside kick? Is there a coach out there who has come up with a strategy to save the onside kick at the highest level that, that isn't going, that is, that can actually pull it off at a better clip than what it's been. I think that answer is no. I don't think you can come back from the abysmal rates of recoveries we have seen on the onside kick. And for a game like football, you need that chance to come back at the end of a game. Like I'm sure the onside kick wasn't even a thing until someone kind of like what Jim Valvano did in basketball, where he realized like, Hey, I'm not going to just sit here and lose the game as these guys dribble out the clock. I'm going to go foul them. And then I'm just, my guys are going to try to, you know, get back in the game through intentional fouls. The NFL, the football needs a way to get back into the game. You just can't like accept that there is this very low chance to recover an onside kick. And if not, they'll just sit around and kneel out the clock. There's got to be a way to have some drama late in the game. So I think something like the fourth and 15, I mean, again, it sounded a little complicated and I think that's why the owners voted against it, but you need something like that in place of the onside kick. It's time to replace the onside kick. It's fine. You can take things out. You can try new things. Sports evolve. And and I think, I think the, that's the motivation there is they know the onside kick isn't working. They're not going to change the kickoff rules that they just implemented because it's a safety thing. I think they're just wor- I, the, the main worry I hear from fans is that it's too easy. Fourth and 15 is too easy. First of all, look at the statistic. That's not, that's not even true. Not at all. It's, it's about at the same levels 
that onside kick recoveries were three or four years ago before all the new kickoff rules. But yeah, my other thing is so what? Because it's so not what? like if once you, convi- once you convert fourth and 15, it's not like you win the game. Like you convert fourth and 15. Okay. You're on your 40. You still got 20 yards to go before you're in field goal range. Presumably the clock is running out. We're covering. Why not trying around like and, what? Half field. Yeah. And, and there is a, a bit of a, like if, if the, the league were to implement this, suddenly the teams are going to be practicing this play a lot more. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously on both sides of the ball, offense, defense are going to, this is suddenly a very important play. We're going to see some interesting plays. We're going to see some interesting designs. We're, we're, we're going to see interesting football. And if the recovery, if the conversion rate is too high, then you change it. You, you, and you, I mean, turn it, turn it is, into fourth and 20, turn yeah. it into fourth and 20, move them back 10 yards, move them forward to like play with it. Like, Yes, you played with pass interference. One of the stupidest things this league has ever done by making it reviewable and it didn't work and you got rid of it. Fine. It's okay to take it. It's okay to take a season to figure it out. It doesn't ruin the league. Can I say this too? Like, because I know some people have brought this up about quarterbacks is that, you know, we're seeing shorter and shorter passes quarterbacks in the NFL making quick completions, just very short down the field, like yards per completion kind of falling um, yards after the catch going up being kind of important. Like you want to talk about, if you want to cultivate quarterbacks who can make long passes, this rule's perfect for them. You want to talk about measuring your clutch ability to make a downfield play when it matters. What better scenario than this play? You know, like we, we keep talking about, Oh, quarterbacks, they're starting to run more. They're not, you know, they're making quick, quick reads. They're not really throwing downfield like it used to. Okay, great. Here's this play fourth and 15 throw a bomb. Let's see what happens. Ryan, did you have one more thing to say before we get into some questions? I was going to say to to tie up what you were saying, Jeremy, like, you know what, play it out, but let the players who actually have like a big, you know, effect on the game, be the ones who play it out. Yeah. Yeah. Simple as that. All right, let's get into some lion stock. We're we're probably an hour deep into this guy. Haven't really talked much lions. Uh, interesting question from JT on Twitter. That's J zero N T Y five. Yes. I believe Reggie Raglan is being way overlooked. Watch his play by play film last year. It was impressive. He lined up a lot on defense. What chief role do you think he has in this defense and what would his maximum potential output be to you? What chief role? I see what he did there. Uh, um, here's the thing about Reggie Raglan. He just won a Super Bowl and he's a former first round pick. So he's going to get a lot of hype from fans. He's a backup right now. The the good thing about him is that he comes from Alabama. So he, he knows this kind of defense. He's versatile. He can play on the edge. He can play in, in the middle. He can play an interior linebacker position, but he's a backup. And so unless they have Jared Davis on a short leash, which they might, unless they have Christian Jones on a short leech what they might, which they might, but they also like those guys quite a bit. So I think you're seeing Reggie Raglan in a rotation and role at best. If there are no injuries to the team, if there are some injuries to him, the team, maybe there's a little more faith in our depth this year. But other than that, I feel like you got to pump the brakes on Reggie Raglan. I really do. I don't even think he's a roster lock at this point. I, I truly think he's like a sub package guy at this point. I don't see him as having like an integral role in the defense. I think that he could be a special teamer, like as a baseline, 
Like I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Jeremy. I, I think he's a little bit closer to a roster lock than he is to being on the bubble. I know that he will probably be like on bubble talk when we get to training camp, but yeah, for all the reasons that you already stated, he's going to come in with a lot more hype than, than deserved. All right, let's stick with the linebackers at play to win the game asks, why be excited about Jelani Tavai? Not great measurables, not really looking good at anything, just okay at multiple things. Why would he win a spot over Ruben Foster other than draft position? Also, maybe other than uh, criminal arrest record. <laughs> True. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> just um, saying that that might be a big reason there. I don't I don't think Tavai has a has a DV dropped against him at some point. I look at Tavai's rookie season and I look at for, for a rookie season, I think it was fine. Like I understand people are obsessed with the measurables and understandably. So like he's not a fast guy and the Lions defense has been burned by a not fast guy before, but he's big. He's strong. His arm length is what the Lions want them to be. And you know, I I'm willing to kind of wait this one out. I would say given his rookie season, he didn't, you also one thing you have to remember about his rookie season is that he was thrown in there right away. Jared Davis was going through that ankle thing and he had to take over middle linebacker, which is one hell of a thing for a guy to, to take over right away. And he held his own. He wasn't terrible. Was he that much different than Jared Davis? I don't think he was. And so for him to get that thrown to him right away and kind of, you know, pass the sink or swim test, I think that's incredibly promising. And so Am, am I super, am I thinking this guy's going to turn into the next Ray Lewis? No, but am I am I at least optimistic based on his rookie year? Absolutely, I am. Forgive me if I'm wrong too. Like I think Ruben Foster also tore his ACL. I, I'm trying to remember what Tavai like. I know Tavai at one point injured his shoulder, but I, I just yeah, I just I feel think- like I feel like you're just you're you're not you're not running a lot of risks when you got Tavai and you're getting comparable production out of the same guy. Like, you know, you got it. You got to play the whole season if you want to be productive in this league. So, you know, that's, there's that. And everything else you were stating there, I think device, I think device fits what they want to do in Detroit, you know, bigger guy kind of eat up, eat up the middle of the field. You got, you know, let the, uh, you know, you're putting emphasis on your core, on your linebackers as it is to deal with, you know, threats up front. So device fits that. All right. Next question comes from our friend Albino Coconut seventy one at Pride on Pride of Detroit's uh, comment section. He asks, "What Twitter or Instagram accounts do you follow to distract yourself from that insane reality currently? Any any light hearted uh, Twitter or Instagram accounts that you guys stand for? How much time you got? <laughs> give me give me three. All right. Well, I just followed one called Anime Girls Speaking English, which is <laughs> like if you follow Japanese anime girl vloggers, like uh just watching them on youtube playing like grand theft auto or something just screaming in just really broken english it's uh it's an acid trip i'll give you that i'm trying to think why don't you guys go around the room and i'll 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 bring you my other two as we kind of rotate i'm i'm just really distraught because for a while i was following the brats account but things got I was going to say, there's a lot of, there's a lot the of like got meme political. accounts that, yeah, P-R-A-T-Z. there's a lot of meme accounts that broke character this week. <laughs> you, you don't have an actual one? Yeah, I do. Help uh, the people out. 
at grapple clips. It's full of a bunch of wrestling clips that I mean, gotta, <laughs> gotta love some good old fashioned professional sports wrestling. Um, okay. I'll give you two more and they're both Japanese themed then. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, first off, first off, uh, Shibuya meltdowns just to watch people falling asleep in the middle of the street. And actually this one isn't Japanese related, uh, at Kane Hill CC on Twitter. Uh, I, I, I would give you a Korean lady who has like seven cats and she's awesome called Claire Lovecat with her channel Kitty Saurus, but that's on YouTube. So it doesn't count, but that's great on YouTube. But Kane Hill CC, if you want to just watch farm animals and a delightful old British man who like opens the door for all like the fowl to come out in the morning in something he calls rush hour and also farm kittens and all and probably the greatest big pigs you will see in your life. Follow Kane Hill CC C A E N Hill CC all one word. Uh, just great videos about farm animals, man. And, and the rush hours are just, yeah, it'll right. lighten your heart. It'll lighten your heart. I have two. One comes from Reno in chat, which we found uh, someone on Instagram trying <laughs> not, not trying. He wasn't at all trying to be Matthew Stafford, but he has a Matthew Stafford. It's Matthew dot Stafford. And it's just Matthew Stafford's face poorly photoshopped in the dumbest <laughs> places. And it's hilarious. So I would check that out. That's Matthew dot Stafford underscore on, on Instagram. And then a wow. real one. Uh, I don't know how I found this, but there's this young 10 year old girl who plays the drums on Twitter and she does it to like popular songs. And it's amazing. Her name's Nandi N-A-N-D-I Bushell B-U-S-H-E-L-L. Is this the Jersey girl that people tried to cancel? No, this is, she's oh. British. Okay. Like she, say, she's Jersey doing like system of a down and like screaming and it's amazing. <laughs> and it's just incredible. It's like, it's pure joy. It's something that will keep your mind. Like you can't watch it and not smile and be, and be amazed. Cause she's also amazing. She kicks ass. Go watch her. Uh, all right. Can Next I give one, one legit one? one yeah, legit give me one. one more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My, my one legit one is at TDI sports clips. And it's like this day in sports clips. And oh. every day it's legitimately just like really cool stuff that happened like that day in sports. So that'll right. keep you away from anything. That Timothy, Timothy Burke's usually good for that stuff too. I know yeah. he talks some real stuff, but like, I know he's always like, he used to be the guy who would get all the, the screen silly shots, screen yeah. caps at the old dead spin. And he still shares a lot of them. All right. We have time for two more questions, chat. And you know what that means. I know the listener doesn't know what that means, but chat, you got two more questions left. All right. From our good friend, Tyler Bostador. Yes. You get three players, three lines players, past or present, to be in your zombie apocalypse crew. Who are they and why? Okay. I think I've got three immediately off the top of my head. Let's hear them. I'm going to want the three meanest guys I can think of. I'm going to want Indomitian Sue, Mm -hmm. Alex Karras, and Chris Spielman. You know, if, if we're doing this, if we're doing this in the out of your friends, which are you? You've got truck freak, crazy ass, blah, blah, and the fighter. I would probably put Chris Spielman as the crazy ass. Uh, Karis is probably the fighter and Sue is probably blah, blah, blah. And so I would probably have to be truck freak, you know, good with machines there. That's enough to su- survive the zombie apocalypse. That's a good list. I'm not gonna lie. That's a solid list. <laughs> Ryan, you got your list. 
I want a more eclectic mix of players. So okay. I'm going to go. I want Sean Rogers. Okay. I want Big Mike. Baby. I want Mike Furry. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait! You're going to need to explain that one. Hold the door. <laughs> um, there's just no way that one person could all of a sudden show up for one season and catch 98 passes without <laughs> like having a stroke of luck. So, I mean, you just need to have some luck on your team. Okay. Okay. Sure. So Sean Rogers, Mike Fury, and um, let's just, I mean, the most clutch player in Lions history, Matthew Stafford. If you run into a math problem, he can pretend to know it. He can, he can, he can MacGruber his way out of it. <laughs> all right. Well, shame on all of you for not saying a Sean Robinson. He will, mm. he will, he will eat the zombies brains. He will. That's, I, that's a problem though. Cause if you eat the zombie brain, I think you turn into the zombie. Is that true? I don't think that's zombie I, lore. Is it? <laughs> zombie. You think there is an actual authorized canon of zombie lore? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Somebody has it. God. Uh, DeAndre Levy, because he's an awesome dude, and I think he he would kick zombies' ass. And he he's he's probably one of the only guys who can count on to maybe like fly a plane. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he can stand on the wing of it. <laughs> yeah. Probably can drive it too. That that's all you need, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's kind of your four, he's like your five tool player, and a bunch of those tools <laughs> are to like is the hot wire is the hot wire the old rundown pickup truck so you can get out of town. <laughs> Uh, I kind of want to take Chris Spielman too, because he's like, he's the perfect middle. Oh, makes it like inspiring and crazy. Oh, Brian Calhoun. Ooh. <laughs> are you just, are you doing your Matt Miller impression right now? Just yelling it in the background. <laughs> you couldn't figure out a third guy and I didn't want you to pick Spielman. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Final question comes from, oh, I lost it. Where'd it go? Oh, okay. Here we go. From Okuda season at at one Lions fan too. He asks, who will be the most exciting rookie other than Okuda and Swift? Now, I'm going to alter that question because I feel like Julian Okwara is the obvious answer. So yeah. instead, I'm going to say rank your excitement of those three guys from one to three: Okuda, Swift, okay, and Okwara. Okay, I, I can I can throw mine together real quick. Number one is Swift because I think he's going to lead the Lions and carries. I think he, he'll be one of the most dynamic and explosive players in the offense because there's a reason they drafted him as high as they did. And then I'll go. I'll actually go Okora two, and then I'll go Okuda three. I'm gonna go. Okuda, I'm gonna go. I'm sorry. Uh, Aquara one, Akuda two, Swift three. I'm not. I'm just. As I've mentioned before, I'm just not interested to see watch the Lions try to run the ball. I know Swift is probably better than when the Lions have had in the past few years, but it's still like watching just you know a monkey with three legs try to just you know scamper about and grab a few berries or something. It's just. It's like just put it out of its misery. I don't want to watch it. I'd rather watch Aquara try to eat guys off the edge. And Okuda snatch a ball or two. I'm kind of with you there. I think, I think I'm Okuda one, Okwara two, and Swift three. Now, now I know Shocker. everyone, Shocker. everyone loves their their skill position players, and and he'll be fun to watch. But I think we have to remember, like Swift is not going to get a ton of touches. Like he can't. There, there's so many balls that need to go around with with all the talent that they have. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Someone clip that. 
Yeah, go ahead, clip it, whatever. And enjoy you, you three year olds. But yeah, I mean, I, I, the, it's hard not to be excited about a guy that can rush the pass, right? Considering how this team has conducted itself in the past two years. So I have to acquire a higher than third there. And then Okuda, I mean, you have to be excited about the top three pick. That has to be number one. If, if, if you're not excited about the number three pick, then your team picked the wrong guy. And yeah, so, maybe maybe it's just because like we've had some bad cornerback picks in the past and everything. And like besides slay, what excitement really was there watching the backfield. It was competent, but it wasn't like, okay, here's a player you absolutely need to see besides again, Darius slay, but Akuda's slay level, man, he, he, he has the potential to be slay level. He does indeed. All right. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the list cast next week. We're doing running backs. Uh, so make sure you're staying tuned for that. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be, like I said, like we said before, um, video game week at pride of Detroit on our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. Make sure you are there. If you want to play, if you want to watch, if you want to just talk lines, we're going to be doing all three. Chris, you ready to take us out? Uh, hold up. I am in one second. I am in one second. All right. It's too late. It's gone.